Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. The owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international depression. Mark Reardon. So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. This is the Mark Reardon Show. Merry day after Christmas, everybody. How are you? Hannah is sitting in the studio today trying to figure out, (laughs) how is she on the air after 3 o'clock? She's like, no, it's after 3. I should be done right now. I know. This is is so out of my usual realm, but I'm I'm glad to be here. And if I could pick any fill-in host, Mike, I'd pick you. So this should be interesting. I am the best fill-in host that you get to work with today. (laughs) That is exactly how that goes. Hey, my dad is is here with us today, and he has chosen not to speak, which is very unusual because normally he has a lot to say. I bet he'll have a lot to say after this is over. Oh, I'm sure he will. And I'm sure he'll say, you know, I could have sat home and watched football right now (laughs) because there's a bowl game on right now. And that has pretty much uh, been our entire Christmas holiday. We've been watching football pretty much the entire time since I picked him up and and brought him up to St. Louis. He's down in uh, Springdale, Arkansas. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's not just here because he lives here. He's here because we have better television reception. (laughs) I don't know. That's actually funny you say that that's the only thing you guys have done. I've done the complete opposite. I don't even know football. No, really? No football, no. I come from an all-girl family, and oh. I don't. Every time football's on anywhere, I just get confused, and I don't understand it. So that's funny. <laughs> the See, only television I've watched has been local news, and last night I watched Home Alone. No, okay, that'll work. I started to say, have, do you have any like Christmas holiday stuff that you guys have to do? No, other than, you know, the morning ritual of waking up, doing stockings, seeing what Santa brought to the house, and that's it. Did people come to your house, or did you guys go anywhere? Or is, I don't know how, how broad your family is. Uh, I don't know. We if did both. We did, so yesterday morning, we had my immediate family come to my mom's house, and I have a niece and nephew that are nine, so they were so glad that Santa brought gifts to our house. 
And we went with, we had that. And then we went to go see my grandpa and he lives in O'Fallon, Missouri. So thanks for coming across the river. Yep. You were over by me. Yep. That see, was. didn't even stop by to say hi. I see <laughs> we how this went works. over there. That was a good time. And yeah, just spent the rest of the day with family and friends. And it was, it was a really good day. What did you do? I had everybody at my house. Oh, you were the host. I, so we're always the host. It oh. just got, and, and I'm good with that, by the way. Now my wife says I'm good with that because I don't do anything. So it's <laughs> easy for me. It's funny. So Christmas Eve, um, my sister and brother-in-law lived down in Springdale, Arkansas as well. So we met halfway in Lebanon and they brought dad up. And uh, I brought them a case of wine, which which they had ordered, and they brought me a case of beer because nice. you can't get Yingling here yet, but you can in Arkansas. What is that? Yingling is an is an awesome beer that mm. is an an amber lager, and it's actually from the Vienna Lager family. Not that you care about this, but it's it's a tasty little beer that you should Ooh. be able to get here. Later on in 23, I'm told that Summit Distributing is going to distribute the beer. But it's actually America's oldest brewery out of Pennsylvania. So they make it up there. And there's another brewery down in Tampa where you can get it. So it's all over the Northeast and it's all over the Southeast. But it's moving its way here. You used to have to go to Tennessee to get it. But then a couple years ago, it showed up in Arkansas, so you can get it there, which is another benefit of going down to see my family. <laughs> yes, because that's a real they, reason. they have Yingling. <laughs> hey, he's sitting right here. Don't say that. He doesn't know about that Maybe until today. Maybe he'll hop on his mic if we get him riled up uh, enough. We'll we'll see how that goes, right? So, um, I went down and picked him up on Christmas Eve, and then we came back, and um, my brother-in-law from Charlotte is staying here. Who, by the way, is the guy who gave Mark Reardon. His start in radio. What? Yeah, so my brother-in-law hired Mark Reardon to work for the Bot radio stations back in the 80s and gave Mark his first job. And I think this was this is his job before he went to Mizzou. So he worked oh, for man. my brother-in-law, Jeff Jeffrey Bean. He worked for Jeff before that he worked in radio anywhere else. So uh, as a matter of fact, Jeff had a great story that when I was on with Mark one time and he found out that Jeff was my brother-in-law because he didn't know that. And it's like, what a small world, oh. right? Welcome to St. Louis. Yeah, no kidding. So, I know. So uh, evidently one of Mr. Bot's son was listening to the radio station and Mark was on the radio. And the guy said, you need to fire him because he sounds like burnt toast. Oh. I have no idea what burnt toast yeah, I've n- sounds I've like. Yeah, I've never heard that. Tastes like, I get. Sounds doesn't, like. Doesn't sound. I, I mean, don't, I don't think that's a compliment. I, it, I would say no. <laughs> I would say no. But we've come to love the man. And, he, you know, he's a great guy, great boy. So we love Mark Reardon, uh, despite what Mr. Bott thought. But Jeff did not let him go. He fought for him. He kept him on. And I think Mark was like 16 back then. Woo. So could have ended his career before it started. But <laughs> he fostered it. And, and he went on to be <laughs> the award-winning radio talk show host that he is. Unfortunately, he took today off, so you're stuck with me. So (laughs) that's a long way to say that my brother-in-law is in town, and he's spending two weeks with us. So then I've got my dad spending a week with us. My daughter is home from college at UCM, Steve Moore's uh, college. Nice. So there you go. And then um, my 25-year-old son is still with us. So then my other son, his wife, and our grandson came over. And then Full house. my wife's other brother, his wife, and their oldest daughter came over. So we had everybody at the house, and they were there all day long. They didn't 
they didn't. I don't think anybody. I don't think they really got out. I think the last ones out were probably around nine ish. Wow. So yeah, we had we had a full house, but I like it because I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, that I is just nice. get up and show up. But my wife sent me this meme the other day. That is the wife talking to her friend that said, my husband can't wait to open up gifts because then he can find out what everybody got for Christmas. <laughs> oh. Because the wife does all the shopping, right. all the wrapping, all the cooking, all the cleaning, and then Mr. Wow. Wonderful just shows up. Sorry, uh, <laughs> d- d- completely different reference, but the father just shows up, sits down, and gets to enjoy the day. So mm. my wife would, would tell you a day without football for Christmas sounds awesome mm. and how much she would love that. But <laughs> I'm like, look, Hallmark's only got one plot. They keep changing the actors out, but it's the same plot over and over again. Mm. But evidently Hallmark stand. I like that. It's a really good plot, I guess. So they they sat and and watched some of that. But we watched football. I'm I'm in a little bit of mourning because I lost Did your team not do good? No, no, my fantasy football team lost. It's one thing to lose, right? So I play in a fantasy football league that used to be all of us who worked for Charter Media back in the day. We were all charter sales reps. And a lot of us used to work in Radio World before. So we all ended up at Charter selling television, and now we all left. So none of us work there anymore. So it used to be called the Charter Bowl Fantasy Football League. Now it's called the X-Charter Bowl Fantasy (laughs) Football League because none of us are there. But my old boss is the one I was playing against in the playoffs. Uh Uh-oh. If there's one person that I do not want to lose to, it's Jason Smith. (laughs) And, of course, Jason just, not only did he beat me, he just annihilated me. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And Jason is one of these, he's a fantastic guy, except when you play fantasy football with him. Because then... He is talking smack during Christmas Day. Uh-oh. I'm like, fa-la-la-la-la, thank you so much. So I'm hearing all about how my team sucks and his team's awesome, mm. and it's all about coaching, and he's such a better coach than I am. <laughs> and I'm like, it is luck. Shut up. Is fantasy football, has that always been a thing, or is it more of a recent thing? I feel like I hear more and more people talk about they're fantasy football leagues now. So it's a $3 billion a year industry. Whew. Right. And it's, for the most part, now this is not to be sexist, but for the most part, it's a lot of guys talking smack amongst each other. You bet money. They so you'll put it. money into a poll, into a pool so you could win. But so like my poll, my team has uh, 12 people who play in this league and we each kick in a hundred bucks, you know? So if you win, you win $600 and then you've got a, uh, second place and you win 150 bucks if you have the most points or blah 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 right money doesn't matter it is all about bragging rights Ah. it is all about talking smack because we're all testosterone driven guys Mm. and even though we're getting older we're not growing up um (laughs) we're still we're still those those people right especially some of us some are better than others I'm not I'm not one of those better than others. And I will get into smack talking with with certain people in the league who talk it as well. Mm. So go figure that I would be on the radio doing that kind of stuff. Right. (laughs) My uh, my high school friend group, the guys in it, they have done fantasy football the past few years. But they're they're type. So you win money if you win. If you lose, they always make up something bad that you have to do. Last year, one of the guys had to shave um, a notch in his eyebrow 
So, I'm luck- luckily you didn't have to shave a eyebrow. Yeah, a whole one. That would be bad. So I'm curious. I'll have to ask one of them what the loser gets this year. We haven't season. gotten into that. And I mean, we're all over 50, but me- mentally we're teenagers, right? <laughs> yeah. but, um, but which, you know, our wives would probably all agree. But we haven't gotten into that. Some folks have like the first guy wins a lot of money. Mm-hmm. The last place person has to do something really stupid. Um Luckily, I dodged that bullet oh, so far. Good. We'll we'll yeah. see where it goes. You might be getting some calls later. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we're uh, it, it's been fun. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that you know I finished number one in the regular season, and then I get bounced the first round. It's like the Blues, right? You you <laughs> you finish so high, such great expectations. This is the year you're going to get the cup, and then you get to the playoffs, and it all just Boom. goes down the toilet, right? It's just sad really just take a moment of silence for my Mm -hmm. team thank you (laughs) appreciate that so we'll see where it goes but enough about my horrible fantasy football it was great having family here it was great spending time with the family we didn't have those awkward family conversations which is good and we'll we'll uh save that for for later on to those weird questions that you get and i would not want to be in your situation, uh, where you're you're a young single person, mm-hmm. and you may or may not be in a relationship, but you're around the table with the family, and they start bringing up those questions, right? Oh yes. Oh, and it's even worse. Like there's always somebody in your family who's dating someone the rest of the family cannot stand. Always. And you are hoping, please don't marry this one. Please don't marry, because then they're going to show up all the time, and you're stuck with them, right. or it creates an even worse situation, and you're like, all right, I got to put up with this just to be able to see you, and if I don't put up with this, I can't see you, so I'm going to put up with this just so I can. Every family has someone like that. They do, and and you're like, mm, man. And I-, I feel like I am in the prime Time of my life, just turned 21, for people to be asking those fiery questions. So, But you're not woo. old enough to get the really, like, you're getting the, to the age. When are you going to have kids question? Oh, you're not, nowhere close to that. Yet. No. I mean, you've still got to get to the, so when are you going to get married type mm-hmm. question, right? So you already have a good career. You're already, you know where you're going. Even though I know you're a radio teacher, I can't believe you've made it this far already. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's an awesome guy. But, um... You know where you're going. So I'm sure people aren't giving you the hard career questions and, mm. and busting your hump of, okay, never mind. Maybe spoke too soon. Never assume. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> but you've, you've got that going. You're still too young to get the, you know, when are you going to get married type thing. That uh, At 21, I think you've still got time to push that one down the road. You've got plenty of time. On the baby thing, especially traditionally. Yeah. Traditionally, you'd like to get married first. Correct. Save up a little money, maybe get a house, get a car, you know, get your other debts going first. And then you take the big debt bubble and and have a baby. Um, Then you get the real debt. Yeah. Well, what's funny, though, when when my wife and I were were dating and I'd said something to my father about getting married and I said, um, but I'm, I'm so far in debt and he gave me the... One of the wisest things he's ever said to me, and he said, you know, you get out of debt faster with two than you do with one. And he was right. Mm. So you get two incomes working on one rent. You get two income. Because if 
if you both got car payments, you're going to have car payments anyway. But if you can cut that rent one down to where both of you are kicking in on it, it's going to make it easier, right? right? So you can throw your income into that and try to make it happen. So that worked out well. So you've got you got plenty of time on that one. But there are awkward questions that we all have to answer from time to time. I hope you didn't have to answer those with your family this holiday. I hope it went great. I hope it wasn't your Tesla and Webster Groves that caught on fire and set your house on fire. You're trying to be so green and daggummit, it just didn't work out. I feel so sorry for who those people are. What a horrible Christmas. I didn't hear about that. Oh, so you were you were cutting up when Heidi was talking about that. That was, mm, that I feel bad for those folks. But so um, it was Christmas Day. Christmas Day when your Tesla catches on fire in your garage. <sighs> oh, in the garage too? Yeah, so it burns your car and your house. It's a two for one. You know, it's a special sale only for the holidays. Oh. I'll burn your house and your car all in the same day. No extra charge. But luckily, your insurance company should handle it all. Mm. We'll, we'll see how that Those goes. Those EVs. Those EVs. You got to love it. Hey, uh, I do want to tell you, we have a lot going on today. Mark Harder is going to be here uh, next hour from St. Louis County Council. We'll talk about what's going on with the council there. Uh, there was an omnibus bill that you may have heard about. It's only a small little $1.7 trillion deal. We'll talk with E.J. Antoni about that. And Frank Cusimano from Channel 5 is going to be here next hour as well. But in the meantime, the House is getting ready to go back into session here in Missouri. And from uh, House District 104, State Representative Phil Christopher Nelly, who's in his senior season, is about to join us on the other show. We're going to talk about what's going to go on in the Missouri House. That is happening here on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. It is the Mark Reardon Show on 97.1 FM Talk. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. To the Mark Reardon Show on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. I know it ain't all that liberty should probably It's Mike Elam sitting in for Mark Reardon today on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. It is the extended version of the Annie Fry Show because Hannah is still here. And uh, Drew filled in for her today. She's filling in for. Who would normally be sitting here? Well, I guess Mark does his own board. So Mark does his own board. He's a big but fancy his, guy. Yeah, his producers are Fred and Abby. So Fred actually, thank you, Fred Bottomer, by the yes, way. Yes, he's for, just great. Isn't Fred it, like rock star guy, right? So Fred, Absolutely. Fred texts me on Saturday and said, hey, I'm off, but if you need some help booking people, let me know and uh, have anybody on that, that you want to have on. And I was like... Man, Fred's awesome. And he's up early today helping, you know, book some folks from Heritage. So that was fantastic. But I was lucky enough to reach out to a guy because, you know, last hour, Heidi was dropping names of famous people that she knows. And I said, hey, I know State Representative Phil Christopher Nelly, who is in his senior season in the House of District 104. And I said, I will reach out to Phil and see if he will be willing to come on to the Big Mark Reardon show. And he said, yes, Phil, how are you? 
Glad to be with you, Mike. Man, I'm excited that you took the opportunity. Are you off today, or do you get the day after Christmas off? I know you're, you know, hardworking kind of guy. They let me off the law firm today, so uh, we're celebrating Christmas still. Awesome. See, that works out really well. Well, you've got a lot to get ready for, though, because you've got a brand-new session that you're going to walk into, and it's your, your last two years in the house, right? That's absolutely right. So I came in in 2016. At the time, I was the youngest member of the house. That's not a trophy you hold on to for very long, though. So I'm, <laughs> I'm already senior on my way out. Well, you've done a lot over these these last six years. You're going to enjoy the last two. You have a brand new speaker that uh, gets things rolling here in January, don't you? Yeah. So uh, Dean Plocker, our current floor leader, will take over as speaker in January. We have that vote on the House floor as one of the first things we do. Uh, and then they'll start naming people uh, on committees and start to get the bills referred. So is the speaker already said what he is? I guess he's the uh, presumptuous speaker at this point, but has he said what the priorities are going to be for the House moving into this session? Yeah, the House has met several times in what we call a, a caucus, and so it's an informal meeting of all the uh, Republican majority members where we discuss what types of priorities we want to take on going into the new year, and I, I think there's probably quite a bit of exciting stuff on, on the burner. I, I think one of the things that I've heard a lot about is initiative petition reform. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of special interest groups coming into the state of Missouri and uh, legislating uh, in our Constitution. And so there's been a lot of talk about changing that process, making it a little harder to uh, change the Constitution unless we have broad consensus across the entire state. So I know they had talked about the fact that they wanted, they don't want it to necessarily be harder, but they want it to be more encompassing, where you you don't necessarily have to make it about just having all the signatures. Am I getting that somewhat correct? Yeah, there's two main, uh, two main ways that we could reform the process. We could um, require, you know, more signatures or more signatures from different places uh, in order to make it a little more difficult to get on the ballot. That's not my preferred approach, really. Uh, what I would like to see personally is uh, for it to be a threshold of 60 percent of uh, the the election margin before you can change the Constitution. So right now you can change the Constitution with a simple majority of voters. Uh, but that's our highest law, Mike. It's the it's supposed to be a statement of our uh, over encompassing values. And uh, I think that, you know, you should probably have to get to 60 percent or 66 percent uh, before you make those changes that are really difficult to alter down the line if we find out that uh, maybe we got something wrong. I was really surprised that it was that easy over these past few years. To your point, we've had a lot of people who have tried to do constitutional changes, and it, it's relatively easy to get that done compared to other states. And even where we live in St. Charles County, you've got to have a, a vast majority who are going to be able to approve it before we're going to do a charter change in St. Charles County. So St. Yeah. Charles, to um, to be fair, is going to have a lot of power in the Capitol. We're, what do we have, 12 or 13 state reps all touching St. Charles County now? Yeah, Mike, uh, we, we've been really fortunate. Uh, people vote with their feet. And when you have a community that uh, has safe streets, has good schools, uh, and has low taxes, 
uh, people move there. And so what we've seen is a lot of people coming from St. Louis City, St. Louis County, Illinois, uh, relocating into St. Charles County. Uh, when our population grows, uh, after we do the census, they, they redistrict and we get more representation in the legislature. So now we're going to have essentially two and a half senators uh, and uh, around 12 House members, making us the the largest uh, delegation in the Capitol uh, within the Republican majority. And so that's going to give St. Charles a, a lot of say in, in things like uh, budget processes and uh, other things that could affect our county. Well, I know we have, I believe it's four freshmen that are coming into the House this year. Is that right? Is it four or five? Yeah like that four or five is there's so many now it's hard to keep track of them all but we've got, got some new ones coming in uh I, i'm going to be the the dean of the delegation i guess congratulations uh, the guy that's been there the longest uh and uh these new guys are going to have to to learn the ropes and and take over pretty soon so i know there are things out there like education reform that is a big issue that people are going to talk about have you had an opportunity to kind of rally the troops yet from St. Charles County and just talk to your delegation about what do you guys want to do moving forward? So you, you sort of had your own caucus within a caucus. Yeah, we've had several meetings about uh, county priorities. Uh, I'll tell you that um, school choice and accountability are going to be uh, significant priorities in the coming legislature, at least for me. And I know for a number of my other colleagues, uh, you're probably familiar with the Empowerment Scholarships Account Program. That was the first school choice bill passed in over two decades. That was legislation that I sponsored uh, two years ago and, and got passed into law. So now we are in the uh, implementation phase of, of that program. And it's a program that allows kids that are in schools that are not succeeding uh, to essentially receive a scholarship uh, that is uh, sponsored through tax credits uh, that will allow them to choose a private school of, of their preference. And so when the public option has failed uh, these students uh, in, in St. Louis or Kansas City or other areas, we want to give them the, the option to, for their parents to choose the school that's right for them. And that's what the Empowerment Scholarship Program does. It's going to make scholarships available to over 4,000 kids. Uh, and we're really excited about rolling that out. Well, I know education has really become a hot button throughout our county for a lot of different reasons. But with what we've seen happen in the education world through COVID and so many kids who lost so much time, especially our younger kids who have lost so much time that you're seeing the proficiency has fallen greatly across the board. And I'm sure these educational initiatives are going to be very important as as you move forward. Is there yeah, anything else? From, I'm sorry, go ahead. What I hear from our parents are, are really two, two different things. Uh, they're concerned about the falling proficiency scores. And as you've mentioned, um, we've got some schools that are in the single digits uh, in, in proficiencies in, in math and reading, and that's really a travesty. St. Charles is doing a little better, but we, the COVID, as you mentioned, uh, it took a big hit, uh, and uh, we're down uh, lower than we have been in a really long time uh, with our proficiency scores. So that's something that we really need to address. Uh, we're going to be filing comprehensive accountability legislation to, to take a look first at, at how the schools are measuring success to make sure they're looking at the 
the right things like student growth and achievement and not arbitrary things like how many books are in the library or how many days off their teachers get. Uh, and we're going to make sure that those accountability numbers are tied to what really matters to parents. And then we're going to make it so that uh, schools that aren't performing uh, are going to face consequences. And so uh, I think that that's going to be a really important thing going forward. We're also, you know, hearing from a lot of parents that got a front row seat into their kids' education during COVID, and they were surprised to learn how politicized public education has become uh, with uh, schools, you know, pushing all sorts of ideas that are are contrary to what many of our communities believe, and sometimes they're just uh, outrightly radical political. Uh, and uh, we, we really want to kind of rein in some of the politicization of the classroom and make sure that parents uh, have a voice uh, in their education and ultimately can determine where their kid goes if they don't like uh, the answers they're getting from their local school board. I know Governor Youngkin was able to ride that all the way into the governor's mansion in Virginia with something of giving parents a voice in their child's education, which you wouldn't think would be a controversial issue. But yet it's kind of turned out that way. And we have seen more people run for office at your school board level than I ever remember. I mean, one of the things that we used to always worry about was you get school board elections that are, you know, pick two, pick three in some cases where, you know, we need three people to join the school board at this particular time. And in some cases, you may have only had two or three candidates that were running. But that's not the case, at least out in St. Charles County these days. That is not the case. You're seeing, uh, I think, in Francis Howe School District uh, last year, I wanted to say they had 12 in Fort Zumwalt, I think they had 10. I think they had close to that number out in Winsville. And it sounds like you're probably going to, to see that again. So you're seeing parents take an active role of really asserting their voice in what their kids are going to learn in their schools. And I'm sure you're hearing a lot about it in Jeff City. I sure am, Mike. And I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, over the past several years, uh, we have awakened a sleeping giant. For the longest time in education politics, there was only one predominant special interest group that was calling the shots, and that was uh, organized labor teachers unions. But there is a new special interest uh, in education and its parents, uh, and they have uh, become alive in, in a really remarkable way and gotten involved. And we want to we want to grow on that uh, involvement and achievement. So that's why I filed uh, legislation here that's going to create an online interactive database of every school board in the state. Keep in mind, there's well over 500 of them, uh, and it's going to track which seats on the school board come open, when they're going to come open, how you can file for that office, because often, believe it or not, especially in some of our more rural areas, it's really difficult to figure out you know, which seats are open, when when the election is, and how you end up filing for it. And so we want to make sure that that information is available to all parents that want to get involved, not just the politically connected, so that they can easily find a way to get their name on a ballot and affect how their local district operates. Well, I know as an elected official, you applaud people who are willing to get out there and, and put their name on the ballot. It's, it's a hard thing to do, and uh, not everybody appreciates you being willing to step up, so I appreciate you doing that. This is State Representative Phil Cristofanelli that we are talking with. He is in District 104 out in the St. Peter's area going into his senior year. Phil, I've only got a, a couple of minutes here. I just wanted to see, are there any other big issues, big priorities that uh, you're trying to work on as we get into the new session? 
Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, quite a few things. One of the things that I uh, am particularly passionate about uh, in the criminal justice space uh, I, you know, Mike, as a, as a county leader, that um, keeping our community safe is probably the number one priority. By all uh, means. And what, what we're seeing is uh, we're seeing uh, a, a really dramatic uh, rise in recidivism. So people that offend and then reoffend after going through the criminal justice system. Uh, and what, what we've noticed as a cause for that is uh, people, after they've been incarcerated, have struggled to find work and housing uh, because uh, you have, you know, uh, essentially drug offenses and, and other things, low-level crimes that remain on their records for, uh, you know, decades after they've after they've served their time. So we are going to implement a bill that will speed up the expungement process uh, for people that have formally offended, uh, and we want to uh, have an automatic process for them to clear. Some of those past offenses that are nonviolent and, and not of a sexual nature uh, on, off of their records so that we can get people back working again uh, and, and uh, in a stable housing situation so they don't resort to crime. Uh, and so that's called the Clean Slate Bill. Uh, I think it's going to be a priority both in the House and the Senate in the coming cycle, uh, and it's something that I'm going to be working on going forward. Well, State Representative Phil Cristofanelli, I appreciate you taking the time today. I know you're you're off work, so you made time to sit down and talk with us for a little bit. Good luck uh, in the new session. Sounds like you've got a lot of new people who are going to be joining you in Jeff City. A lot of people didn't, sitting in different chairs than they've been sitting in uh, in Jeff City. So good luck with everything that's going on, and uh, keep us updated on how your bills are turning out. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Have a good day. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate that. We will be right back. It is the Mark Reardon Show. My name is Mike Elam, sitting in for Mark today, while he gets to enjoy an extended Christmas break with the family on St. Louis's home for Conservative Talk, 97.1 FM Talk. Into the Mark Reardon Show on St. Louis's home for Conservative Talk. I love Boston. You do? I do. Good. I'm glad you picked this one. <laughs> Smoking. Yep. Doom, 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 doom. So when I was in college at Arkansas State in Jonesboro, when I first tried to get a college degree, I don't know if I ever told you, I'm the, I was on the 32-year degree plan. Oh, yes. you didn't tell me that. I, no. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed the first two and a half years of college, minus going to class. And um, <laughs> I mean, I, I worked a job. I joined a fraternity, which led to my college enjoyment. But wasn't exactly disciplined enough. But um, this album came out in 76. Uh, this Boston Boston album came out. But it was still rolling in 84, 85 when I was going to Arkansas State. So mm. every time I hear smoking, I go back to college, college days. days. Yeah. And had a... Had a really good time. But my dad's in the studio, so we're not going to talk about a lot of that. Oh, that's right. Yes. I know. He's sitting over there being we're all being quiet. Supervised. You know, I, well, you know, it's <laughs> it's part of the government program that I have to have adult supervision. And it's like, okay, when you're, when you're 56, you have to go up a little bit in the chain to get adult. So we went to 90 mm. oh, to be right. able to get there. You know, <laughs> he's he's got, um, what is it, Dad, 95 years and... And seven months to get the record? Is that right? All right. So if he gets to 96, he's got the Elam family record. Wow. So that's that's what we're going for. That's we're gonna good. we're gonna see how that turns out. Do you know who the oldest member of of the Gibbs family is at this point? Ooh, I do not. I 
I guess it would be my grandpa, and he's in his 80s, not 90. Okay. so Not 90. You know, setting that bar. Yep. We'll, we'll see where it goes. We went back through and, and traced on my dad's side of the family. I have not done it on my mom's side of the family, but on my dad's side of the family, my grandmother, so my dad's mom, uh, taking her family all the way back as far as I could do it through uh, the free version of Ancestry.com because I'm cheap like that. Yeah, I wouldn't pay yeah, for it either. I know. <laughs> I'm just, it, it's like 15 bucks, but come on, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, because it's like $15 a month. And I'm like, you know, yeah. once I know it, I know it. I really don't need that. Yeah, why? Anymore. I don't really understand a subscription for that. You I think need... it's because you can join in with other people and they try to get you to connect with your your ancestry, you can connect on there if you want. Well, we just want to know the baseline. Exactly. That's good enough. So I've I've got one that goes all the way back to 1683. Oh. On my grandmother's side. So I can go back that far. I don't I don't know on on the other side. So we'll we'll have to do that. Maybe one day I'll break down. I'll I'll pay a flat fee for a certain amount. But if you want to find out, like you when we cross and go back over into England, Ireland. So Jeremiah Elam is from Ireland, where he came over. But that was like the early 1800s, I think, hmm. when when he came over. But you have to pay a special fee to get the European records and oh. go back even further. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't care that much right now. But we will, we will see how that goes. So I get there eventually. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Hey, coming up next hour, we're going to talk with Mark Harder. From St. Louis County Council to kind of find out what's going on in St. Louis County. There's been a lot happening this year in St. Louis County and a lot lately. That's my neck of the woods. There you go. I mean, you came, obviously, when it's holiday time, though, you escaped to God's country, as the representative was talking about. You you made it to St. Charles County uh, because it's safe out there. Unfortunately, we lost a St. Louis County officer and recently. We will talk with... Uh, Councilman Harder about that. EJ, uh, EJ, EJ Antonio. Is that right? Anthony. 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 So I don't know EJ personally. I'm I'm not like the fancy Heidi who knows all kinds of people. But EJ is going to talk to us. He is a heritage scholar. He's going to talk to us about the omnibus bill. It was only $1.7 trillion. I mean, hey, what could go wrong? Trillion with a T. I know. Can't so, believe it. I was... I was, Actually, I can believe it. I, I can, too, unfortunately. And uh, Frank Cusimano, sports director over at KSDK, is going to talk to us uh, later on next hour. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, sports, uh, big sports stories that happen in 2022. And probably what's going on to wrap up the end of 2022. Um, but looking at what are the biggest stories that happened this year in a couple of minutes that we have left. Hannah, what would you say... In your fine professional broadcast terms, was the biggest story of 2022? I would say the biggest story of 2022 easily was the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade, that was a big one. It really was. I will never forget that day. I got into work, sat down at my desk, looked up at the TV, boom, there it was. Wow. All the rest of the people that were here working at 97.1 at that time looked up and we just were like, Okay, this is going to be a busy work day. <laughs> and <laughs> we got to work and oh my goodness, I've never pulled so many clips. Um and we were about to go on air cuz I usually work the Annie Fry show noon to 3. So that it broke about probably 9, 9:30. Wow. And we ran with that and we actually went on air early that day to 
to, you know, report on that story and react and everything. I would say that was the biggest story of 2022. What do you think it was? Annie does a great job on attacking a lot of topics, but that may be number one for her. Yeah, she uh, is very, very passionate about it, and it's great. And so she, um, oh, man, I'll never forget when I saw her after that either. That was a that was a big moment, and she went on air early and gave maybe uh, – that was one of my favorite broadcast of hers because it was so passionate and you know it was so new and raw and there were things coming in and she handled it great she she is pretty awesome um but i i agree politically that was probably the biggest story because it changed the entire election oh yeah if if they would have held on to that one until this year i bet we would have had that red wave that we were talking about Mm -hmm. but that really changed everything i think for the democrats and gave them what they needed. It's funny, conservatives have been asking for that for such a long time. And in many states, they already had legislation, like in Missouri. So when it happened, it triggered this legislation to already kick into effect. Right. But it had these unintended consequences that Eric you didn't Schmidt see. Eric got on that. He did. Instantly. And and wrote it all the way in to, to the Senate. Um, for me, that story was probably number one. Right next to that was this Elon Musk Twitter. And I I say that only because of everything we've learned since then. The Twitter fallout. And I got to tell you, the whole Twitter thing is a big, I don't care. I don't use Twitter. The only Mm -hmm. time that I get tagged on Twitter is when I fill in on a show like this. Right. And you guys will tag me at Vote Mike Elam and it'll show up. But otherwise, I really don't use Twitter except when I'm running for office. And because there are people who use it. So that was a big one. And I'm curious to see where it's going to go from here. So we will we will see how that plays out. We'll see what's playing out in St. Louis County next hour when we talk with Mark Harder from St. Louis County Council. I'm Mike Elam in for Mark Reardon on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. 97.1 FM talk. Get more at 97.1 talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 